Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It is 2017. How exciting is that? And welcome back to the Rugby Pass podcast for another year. And uh, I'm Scotty Stevenson. And with me, erstwhile contributor to this show and a man who knows his code, Mark Stafford from the New Zealand TAB. And uh, Staffy, Happy New Year. Yeah, you too, mate. It um, hasn't been long, such as the 11-month rugby season we enjoy now. Um, <laughs> I know. I was just thinking. <laughs> I was just. Long, oh no, I was just thinking that. I, I was away uh, for three weeks, uh, caravanning in the South Island, and uh, I thought to myself, as soon as I landed back in Auckland, I thought, oh, it's rugby season again. Oh, that's it. <laughs> that's three weeks <laughs> off, and the players complain. That's what gets me. They're complaining. They should have sympathy for me. I've got to write about this shit for 11 months of the year. I know. It's unforgiving. It's unrelenting, and that's the way it should be. Well, I agree with that. I agree with that. Look, um, down this part of the world, we're getting, um, well, let's just say, I think fans at the moment are at semi-state over uh, Super Rugby Start. And the first real hit out for Super Rugby starts this weekend, I guess, in pre-season fixtures. But a lot of the talk has been around uh, the new... Brisbane Global Tens format, and I, I, I mean, I look at it two ways. I think some of the marketing, marketing has been a little bit overhyped considering the types of player who were likely to play in this event. The fact that the All Black tourists have only just arrived back in their Super Rugby camps after their mandatory break, uh, they won't be featuring. Uh, certain big names are featuring, of course, uh, but I'm, I'm not excited about that, Steph. This is what excites me about the Brisbane Global Tens as an event. It is the only way you get to see the full squads, uh, Sean of those All Blacks certainly, but the full squads, those players who are going to play week in, week out on this event and in this tournament, playing in one weekend as a homework exercise, if nothing else, it's got its place. Oh, I definitely think it's got its place. And I'm I'm actually quite fizzed about it. I think the newness of it and... uh, you don't quite know what to expect from it. But when, yes, the, the touring All Blacks aren't there, but as we know, the, the depth of New Zealand rugby, it still provides a, a hell of a lot of good players. Mm. And um, for Australian listeners, I mean, the, just Digby Yuani is playing for the Crusaders. I like I'm that. excited to see Digby. I'm yeah. excited to see the dig. Yeah. And, um, you know, people like Liam Messam, Hicker Elliott, Brad Weber, all been All Blacks. Uh, mm. Corey mm. Jane comes back. I mean, he is perfectly... Mm. 
perfectly equipped for the tens, just just for his post match interviews alone. Well, there's that. I, look, I mean, there is exciting talent. I mean, rugby passed this week. You know, I've written a piece on five players. You probably have no idea who they are who are going to shine in this year's Super Rugby tournament. But why not, why not pitch the event like that? Uh, I know that promotion hinges on star factor, but if there was ever a chance where the stars wouldn't be on show, then then why promote your event that way? Why not promote it of saying you are going to see the future of Super Rugby on display in Brisbane over this weekend? Well, one one name answers that for you, Geordie Barrett. Sure. He is an absolute out-and-out star of the future. Um, Nehemiah Skarn is making his return as well, but uh, he's not the future, but he's a, he's a very recent part. He is the future. Sort of had, I mean, he is the yeah, future. He I mean, is. he's got a massive future. Yeah, I mean, I, I should say he's not unknown, um, sure. but he does have a massive future, and I think it's exciting, and Speaking to a few of the players, Sumo, they are very much looking forward to this. I mean, Milner Scudder, I was speaking to him at the Wellington Cup racing, and he is just, he, he was almost playing the game there and then in, a, in his tweed jacket and his um, lemon <laughs> squeezer hat. Um, he, he just wants to play some code. Yeah. And the Brisbane 10s, it's like, they, they just, they're stoked because it takes away one of those meaningless pre-season games. Mm, mm. And, it, and it's, it's, Meaningful, I guess. I, I think it's more meaningful than a pre-season game because there's price money up for grabs, there's bragging rights. Yeah. You ask any professional sports person who play in a new tournament, and I, and I go back to the very first uh, World uh, Auckland Darts Masters. Now, darts play, darts is going off around the world. The top players, Phil Taylor in particular, said to me, they all want to be the first name on that trophy. It was the first right. time. You you cannot erase it. So they will be. They will be hungers to have the first name on that trophy. Yeah, and I and I like that. And <clears throat> excuse me, my my issue's never been with the event and the concept around the event. But yeah, th- this is a time where where rugby fans need to be engaged. Uh, we are seeing, especially across New Zealand, and anyone who uh, watched the Seven Series League in Wellington uh, last weekend around the world would have looked at that empty stadium and thought, what what is going on here? New Zealand's having a national conversation at the moment about how to get crowds back into action. Australian rugby is desperate for a showpiece event to take on Rugby League. Uh, and th- this has got to stand as that event. So you have to be really careful about how you position that event for me and, and how you position this event is as a meaningful contest, is as a way to look at you know, the names in the game. And because of International's position at the top of the tree, Super Rugby has always been about, oh, yeah, he's a good player, but he's never going to be an All Black, or he's a good player, but he's never going to be a Wallaby. And until Super Rugby gets to terms with that and starts creating its own stars within its own competition uh, away from the international brands, then it's always going to have this issue. Yeah, rugby is so much more than the international game. I mean, it's still one of my favourite competitions and it's a little bit um, New Zealand bias is the, is the provincial stuff you know, with my beloved Manawatu because that gets my blood boiling. Mm. And, um, and, and you're right, this is going to reach a whole new sector of Australia and I agree Australia needs to make a footprint not just little pinpricks in the sand of their lovely beaches Mm. they need to stamp up and down and kick some rugby league sandcastles over and I think that the tens is is a great vehicle for that there's going to be people turning up out of interest not there'll be a lot of non-traditional rugby fans there and they'll get barred up by it because there's some wonderful athletes on show Morgan Tiranui Playing for the Rebels, one of the coaches. Yes. Stephen Larkham, playing for the Brumbies, one of the coaches. I mean, at what point do you run the risk of that descending into farce? 
Uh, I mean, let's put it this way. The Brumbies take on the Hurricanes at some stage during this tournament and Stephen Larkham head highs Geordie Barrett and puts him out for the season. At what point are we thinking, what has gone on here? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, bad, bad choice of cast for that little seeker. Uh, oh, I know, I realised yeah, that as soon as I said it. But I, I know what you're saying. Um, some of these older guys like Andrew Walker is playing as well. I think Chris Latham's playing as well. Yeah. Um, Socks I, down. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that they would take it on if they, do, if they thought they were going to be embarrassed. Let's put it that way. They're going to be fit. They're going to be strong. And they're just going to be link men. I don't see them being blockbusters like um, the likes. Of, I think Nani Lamapi's in for a massive season for the Hurricanes. Yeah, I agree I'm with you. To seeing him. Those, those sorts of players are the ones that are going to shine. I think the bit part players are ticket sellers, and I think they know that, but they won't want to embarrass themselves. What, but, I mean, it's a fair question, though, isn't it, right? Because a, a player is going to uh, – if a player is sanctioned in this tournament, one assumes uh, that World Rugby still – controls the siding or Sansa or whoever's in charge of this event, Australian rugby. How, how do you ban Morgan Turanui for a couple of fixtures or Stephen Larkham or any of these other players who aren't active players, but they're playing in a tournament against active players? I mean, if there's any hint of foul play in this game from any of them, and I'm not suggesting there will be, but I, I'm using a hypothetical example here. These players are contracted players to their respective unions and injected into this format are players who will not have to face a judiciary because they're not players, they're coaches. Are you going to ban Stephen Larkin for coaching, for instance? Yes, you are. If he puts one of our players out for, for a while, he's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got to face the judiciary with a lawyer in an ill-fitting suit the whole nine yards and put him out. Hey, mate, I'm going back to my original point. If he takes out Geordie Barrett, he won't face a lawyer. He'll face the entire Barrett family in a Taranaki lynch mob with pitchforks and torches. It'll be yeah, rough I justice. Think he, needs, he needs to be made aware of that before he plays. It's only fair to know what justice is coming his way. Yeah, you know, and mate, well, let, let's get back to the real deal here, though. Super Rugby is just around the corner. You know, I put a, a piece together for Rugby Pass this week talking about the future stars of the game. Uh, it's up on rugbypass.com, Grandstand. You know, and I'll go through these lists uh, and these team lists, and, and I know we've got an obsession with the big stars, with the all-black names. But in, from a New Zealand perspective, Steph, I'll, I'll list you five here that I talked about. C.O. Tompkinson at the Highlanders. Solomon Alaimalo, the Northlander, now with the Chiefs. George Bridge, uh, Canterbury boy, formerly of Gisborne, now with the Crusaders. Stephen Petalfetta with the Blues, who I predict may well finish the season as a 10, and they're starting 10 at that. And Wes Herson at the Hurricanes, one of the absolute weapons for the Lions in what was another tough season. I mean, there's five names... All of those kids around 20, 21 years of age who I think will come through the season and put on an absolute show. Uh, to me, those are the players we should be investigating, researching and talking about in terms of Super Rugby. Yeah, I agree. And and there's a couple of sort of one-season guys and I touched on Nani Lamar. You know, I know I've sort of got a bit of a hurricane slight, but I was with the team last weekend, as I say, at the Wellington Cup. Mm-hmm. And Coach Chris Boyd, and hopefully you won't, kill me for letting this cat out of the bag, but he said he would not swap his midfield for any midfield mm. in the competition, and that's Matt Proctor and Nani Laumapi, and I think they could really make some noise this year, but but but, but I agree um, on your Reed Princip call as well, those sorts of guys. We saw Via Fafita last year. Mm. There's lots of Via Fafitas right through all squads in the Super Rugby. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market that are just going to go bang this yeah. year. And it's exciting. You'll sit down and you'll watch a guy and, you, and you'll go, who? Yeah, no, that's I, the look, beauty of it. Yeah, that's right. And and I also, I, I do hold out some fears around um, All Blacks and Super Rugby who on one hand have to keep impressing. Um, on the other hand, uh, will be thinking in the back of their mind and, and they're only human and you can't deny this. They'll be thinking, I do not want to get injured before the British and Irish Lions arrive. And I, I wonder if that is going to impact on these teams at some stage in the early season. Yeah, especially guys that are sort of your, your 50-50s. I mean, if Tawira Kerbalo signs to go offshore, does that change the way Brad Weber plays his rugby? Mm. Um, because all of a sudden he's a chance. Um, we have, the, the dust still hasn't settled on the dag and Ben Smith thing, the guys that are sniffing on their heels to try and get all black jersey. You're right. You can't tell me that you'll run out on the field three weeks out from the Lions arriving on our shores with them thinking, no, I might just not tackle quite so hard. I don't think it's going to be a conscious decision, no. but a subconscious decision to save yourself. Well, and, and the other thing is, that, you know, there's a lot of players, I mean, every player in Super Rugby, and I'm not just talking about New Zealand players, I mean, everyone who plays in this competition is going to play uh, through the pain at some stage. Uh, and after three weeks of competition, they're probably all at about 80% full fitness anyway. There's muscle damage, there's bumps, there's bruises, there's scrapes. At, at what point does I've got a job to do in June supersede I can play through this for the Crusaders, Hurricanes, Blues, Brumbies, whatever? Yeah, I think every player thinks like that, probably except for someone like Marty Banks. He'll just keep playing because um, he's an oracle. Um, but yeah, it, 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 def- it definitely comes in- into the equation, doesn't it? And I'd never... I'd never get anywhere close to these dizzying heights. But if, if I was good enough to be playing at this level, mm. I'd be lying if I said I'd, I wouldn't think about it. Of course you'd think about it. You want to play against the Lions. And even even the non-All Blacks who have got a date with the Lions in the franchise games or Correct. the New Zealand Māori game, mm. um, these guys are going to be thinking as well. Yeah, I, and a slightly different beast there. But, yeah, your point is the same, and, and yeah, I agree with it. And, and it's a good time to segue, Steph, into what's going on in the Northern Hemisphere. Six Nations just around the corner. I, I get very excited about this tournament. I, I love the pageantry and the passion that the Six Nations brings. Uh, I think there's just so much extra heat on these teams now with Warren Gatlin selecting that Lions side in just a few months. I mean, this really is a British and Irish Lions trial for the home nations. Uh, obviously, France and Italy, not so much. But uh, yeah, does this have massive ramifications for the style of play we can expect in the Six Nations or from the individual performances of, of some of these guys? Yeah, look, I, I think it's 
they'll have stuff playing on their mind as well because they will know the type of player that Warren Gatlin wants to bring to New Zealand. And I would venture to say that this is the most looked forward to tour by British and Iron Lions uh, participants, mm. more so than Australia and South Africa. And I'm not poo-pooing them, but I think this is the holy grail, especially at this, to- at this time. And um, they are going to be playing how Warren wants them to play. And I'd be very surprised if he hadn't made, um, you know, quiet little phone calls on the side sure. to probably 40, 50, 60 players saying, I'm looking for you to do this. Yeah. And they might go out and then they're going to have national coach asking them to do one thing, potential Lions leader, their Lions leader, asking them to do another thing. They're going to be betwixt and between. Sure. So um, step up Italy and France. It's yours for the taking. Yeah, I can't agree with you more. I think France showed really good signs too. And, and I think the French will worry more than one of the home nations in the Six Nations under Guinovez. Uh Lee Calvert riding in rugby pass this week. Steffi said... Uh, it might be a difficult second year for Eddie Jones. Honeymoon may be over. Do you see that happening under Jones, given how verbose he has been, given how belligerent he has been about the record of England, and given how uh, cocky he has been about himself and his team? I, I think the one ingredient that's been missing from England rugby pre-Eddie Jones has been belief in themselves, mm. and he's got that in them. And I think, that, I think for a long time they've been a very good side, without that belief, without the execution, without that final 10%, and they've got it now. The only thing that's going to trip up England, I think, is this looming Lions tour. Um, But, you know, Eddie Jones is a master coach. Um, You only have to go back to the World Cup, Japan beating South Africa. Like Mm. him or not, the man gets results. And uh, if England trip up, I'd be very surprised. I mean, they could trip up first game against France, as you say. Mm. Um, But I I think all this bluster and he's taken all of the focus off his players who are now confident he's pretty much got all the right guys picked uh yeah i think they should keep on keeping on i don't think we'll see a second year hangover ireland going against scotland first game uh and they'll be without johnny sexton Uh, i think he's been withdrawn through injury i I don't know if that's a major deal with him uh for ireland given the fact that you know they had a pretty big result last november without him um do Ireland now, do they look at what they achieved in November? Uh, the fact they beat the All Blacks and then only just lost to them in Dublin and, and what was a controversial fixture. Do they look at themselves now and think, everyone's talking about England and their unbeaten run, but but we're the match, if not with a better of any team in this competition? Yeah, look, I think Ireland will still be dining out on that result in Chicago, and rightly so. Um, and I think too much is placed on the Johnny Sexton. In fact, I mean, in the betting markets, it moved the line three points. That's how much influence wow. the world the world betting markets felt Johnny Sexton was worth to them. I, I think it's an overreaction. I think they're, they're a much more complete team now. Uh, but interesting stat for you, Sumo. I don't know whether you knew this. They've played each other 121 times, 58 wins, 58 losses, five draws. That is even. That's an amazing that stat. So, fifty-eight wins apiece and five draws. Is that what we're going on here? That's what we've got. Fifty-eight wins apiece and five draws. That that's astonishing. Over one hundred and twenty-one games. 
Yeah, yeah, amazing, isn't it? And um, and Scotland having the home ground advantage, but Island are still your favourites going into that one. Well, they'd have to um, be. But but again, you know, I, I think the Vern Cotter factor has got to be considered here as well, and not just from a New Zealand point of view. Vern Cotter has unleashed something in Scotland, and, and they don't have the results they probably should have to show for that. But there is a newfound confidence in Scottish rugby, and, and I think there's a flair that if they are confident enough to take it on and to run with it, they can trouble any team in this competition. Yeah, they can. And I think last time they played uh, uh, Ireland, it was a 10-point loss, but they, they did beat France last year as well, um, which, which is good for them. And, yeah, I think it can take a while for a coach to bed in, especially in a team like Scotland. Like Eddie Jones came in and made immediate impact. I think Scotland would take a while to warm to new ideas and new functions. And I think uh, Scotland are on the rise. Whether I don't think they can take Ireland first up, but it no. wouldn't be the biggest surprise I've seen. Yeah, well, I mean, it's an interesting point you make, though, about Eddie Jones. He also came into a team that was packed with quality as well. Uh, I mean, Eddie yep. Jones probably had to make tweaks. Vern Cotter's had to uh, foment a revolution. Yeah, it's it's hard to know. I, I work with a Scottish guy here, and I was talking about the Six Nations, and I said, you know, um, Scotland, you guys, you just love your rugby, and he said, we don't. He said, uh, there's about one <laughs> percent. He said there's about 1% of the population are rugby fans and 99% of football. And sure. I said, well, why do you fill out the stadium? Mm. And he said, oh, because Scotland's playing. And so you just go along and you get on the welly and, and away you go. And, and we're very passionate um, nationalists, but we don't really give a toss about rugby. His words, not mine. Well, that's great, um, though. I mean, you know, I love the nationalism. It's, it's wonderful. Nationalism being in the headlines a bit lately. Hey, um, Steph, what about the Welsh? No, Warren Gatlin. Rob Howley's taken the reins full-time through the Six Nations. Uh, there's been injuries, there's been defections. I, I don't think the Welsh have ever really settled on a, on a starting 15 throughout the last three or four years. Uh, you know, I heard Paul Kelly, our colleague at um, Fairfax in New Zealand, say he thinks Wales could upset England in, in the Six Nations and, and, uh, and that would be that. The record-seeking uh, would come to a close. Do you, do you see Wales as perhaps the Jadabar, the, the hiccup for so many of these uh, Six Nations aspirants? Not this year. No, I don't. I think there's just been too much um, unrest in the Welsh camp, and I think they've lost some some good old heads. And as you say, they've been affected by injury. Um, the Jadabar team for me is France, but Wales. Mm. I mean, they might cause one upset, but I can't see them winning a title, Sumo. No, fair enough, Steph. And I think I wholeheartedly agree with you. Your winner overall, Steffi. I, I mean, I think it comes down in most people's minds to England, Ireland. Here, would, would that be a fair uh, reflection of how the public sees it? Yeah, I think I think England um, favourites and rightly so. Uh, Ireland possibly the only ones that could trouble them, and and, and the Jadabar team that could decide it, you know, to ruin it for everyone is France. Even though, you know, France are eleven to one to win the whole thing, so you'd have to say they're they're a long shot. Yeah. Um, but England England are better than even money, and and I think rightly so. Tell you why I like Ireland. They'll go bonus point hunting. They'll do it. They'll back themselves. You know, good point. Good point. Win it on bonus points. That'd be awesome. Thanks, Steph. So that's actually the first time you've ever told me that. <laughs> well, it's the first time you deserved it. Perfect. That's been the Rugby Pass <laughs> podcast. The first one of the year. Mark Stafford joining us here. RugbyPass.com. Make sure you get there today. The Six Nations. All super rugby. All the best club footy on the planet. All available to you. RugbyPass.com.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.